G-I-F. Thank goodness, thank God, it's Friday because it's the greatest day of the week because I have the one and only John Chapman here to talk about what the 49ers need to do to get past their next opponent. We got the division rivals, the Seattle Seahawks, up this week, and John's going to bring you the game plan. Stick around right here on the Wayne Breezy Show. We so bright that we shine it. going on faithful it's the one and only wayne breezy and you know i got my brother from another mother john chapman is in the building what's going on john nowhere else i'd rather be man fridays ah get a kick back relax probably go on a rant or two drop a couple curse words on accident have a good time talking about the 49er seahawk like this is it's been lost this week because it's just been so satisfying after destroying the Eagles. But this is a divisional, I would argue, the biggest divisional matchup the 49ers have this season. You're 3-0. and You've already beat every team once. Now you go home. You get to put the icing on the cake and put it to bed. You win this game, you're winning the division, period. But it's funny because I'm still enjoying Eagles. <laughs> but at the same time, <laughs> man, this game's right around the corner. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, this is definitely more of an importance of a game for the San Francisco 49ers. When you look at it, it's your division rival, and you want to smack psh, psh, the teams in your division, right? Like, you want to go 6-0 and again. You win the division, you're automatically in. Now, the 49ers can actually clinch a playoff spot this week with a little help, all right? But... It would be really cool if they can go ahead and take care of their division rivals, especially the Seahawks, because, John, you and I and the majority of the 49er faithful, not the newbie fans, but the majority of us have the worst aftertaste uh, from playing the Seattle Seahawks for a period of time. Uh, and I, I will say, if it, if it wasn't for Russell Wilson uh, parting his ways... We probably would still be having those knots in our stomach, John, right? I mean, yeah. it's Russell Wilson, not Pete it, Carroll. 100%. You know, it's funny because the 49ers, they've won four consecutive against the Seahawks. That's tied for the most we have ever won against them. Back in 2010, 11, 12, with the hardball years, we had four consecutive wins against them as well. But, you know, I'm looking at the history of this matchup, which the Seattle Seahawks still, they're up 32 21. Crazy. They had 10 straight wins against us with Russell Wilson. 10 straight. 10 and so straight, John? Th- if I'm a coach, I'm posting that. Like, look, we're behind these guys in the <laughs> matchup. Like, go destroy these guys. Like, mm-hmm. let them know those times they're in the past. We weren't here when that – because, if, if you know, Kyle Shanahan came in in 2017. Correct. He lost to them three times. Then you had the Nick Mullins win. Then we lost in overtime. And, man, they had a four-game win streak. But now it's turned. And so even the Shanahan era, they've experienced this. So this is not new to them. It's not new to us. We got to go and just put them back where we used to be and just dominate this matchup. And I really do think it's funny. You know, you asked me to research this game, and I go through it, and you talk about a game plan. It's so difficult to find a way in which the Seattle Seahawks have an advantage on the field. Okay. It's hard. Going. I didn't know where you were going with that. I, I didn't know. And, and I agree because as, as as I sit there and I go through statistics, which you could throw out the window, but you do have some numbers that you can kind of play with where the Niners are ranked, where the Seattle Seahawks are ranked. And if, if, you're, if you're a numbers person in the world, there's no way by telling the story number-wise that – the Seattle Seahawks should even be a match for the San Francisco 49ers this season. But they do have some key factors 
uh, that can play a role, mainly being their head coach. But before we get into the show, I do apologize. I want to send a shout out to the Breezy Bunch crew out there, all the color, the members out there. Shout out to everybody. The countdown crew's in the building as well. Miss Debbie says, good morning, Wayne and John, on this faithful Friday. Blessing to all the BBs and the CCs in the chat. Please smash that like button. Be respectful with your comments and become a member by subscribing. Click that join button, guys. You can click that join button. And in the title of the show, if you're not already subscribed to the 49ers Rush channel, a.k.a. John Chapman, just go ahead and click on the at. It's right there in the title of the show. YouTube is getting a lot friendlier with clicking on things. It took a while. It, <laughs> it took, took a while. They a little ancient, you know, like, <laughs> like how the 49ers took too long to start beating the Seahawks. But I really love what we got going on. I'm looking at the 49ers team, John, and I just get this this sense of uh of uh what's the word? Uh they're just together. They're one band, they're one sound, they're we are family, they're any other of those type of thing, band of brothers, you name it, and you see it on every level. Am I wrong or am I right? No, you are, man. And and it's funny because you know, whenever I do my bets of the week and what I'm putting in and what's gonna happen and this player, that player, whatever, it's getting harder. It's getting more difficult because there's so many damn options. Like, pick your poison defensively, offensively. Like, here's what's crazy, you know, and we were just talking about this before we went live. Like, I'm looking through the betting props and all the props for the 49ers main wide receivers. Ayuk, over under four and a half catches. Debo, over under four and a half catches. Kittle, over under four and a half catches. Because Vegas doesn't know. (laughs) <laughs> they, they don't know we played 12 games this year guess what the leading receiver four games for kittle the leading receiver four games for Ayuk. the leading receiver four games for debo pick your damn poison and the thing is i don't even think the niners determine who's going to be the guy on a given week they get out there they wait they get through the scripted plays and they say oh they're favoring Ayuk this time. Cool. Debo game. Oh, they're trying to take away CMC with the linebackers. Cool. George Kittle game. And so they just sit there. They It's like they're reading the opponent's cards in a poker match, and they're just saying, oh, we know what you're doing. We're just going to go this way. So we're going to go with what you give us because you can't stop it all when we're healthy. It's just fun, man. It, it is it's, – it's like Russian roulette out there with these other teams. Yeah. You got to pick how you're going to lose. Right. Right. And, and that and that, you know, when they say that the 49ers are a stacked team uh, and this it, it's cool when you're playing with a stacked deck, you know, when you're missing some of those those, uh, you know, those uh, components to your deck, you, it's a little different. But the Niners are pretty stacked. We do got to talk about some injuries because we are going to be missing a key piece or two, uh, especially on the defensive side of football. I want to get your take on that. Uh, but, John, you know, we, we got to start the show with 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 the Madden. Uh, simulation and it it, it, in the chat people calling for it yeah so it it was yesterday it was last night and um the 49ers destroyed for the very first time a team in my madden which for the very first time i actually think it was broken i've never seen the san francisco 49ers put up more than 40 points they put up 65 points john on the Seattle Seahawks, they gave up 28. It was a weird game uh, in the beginning. Uh, Mooney Ward had a pick six and an almost pick six because he got to the one-yard line because instead of him taking an angle, he just decided to run straight and got caught but got tackled at the one. But the defense was on point, John. The defense was on point after they gave up the first touchdown. Um, I'm just curious to know. Like, I know we won't see a score like this, and I'm not asking you for your score prediction, but Madden is predicting – uh, that the Niners are going to go out and and do some damage at home. It makes sense. You you look at the 49ers kind of schedule. They've blown everybody out. It's, it's hard to find a game that was within one possession. The only one was the Rams, and they had to kick a fake field goal at the you know expiring time. So, yeah, you had the three losses, but when the Niners are on, they're on. And they're on right now. Could that change? I don't know. I can't see, and I understand. Look, I'll say this: this is a divisional matchup. The Seahawks have lost three in a row. Their backs are against the wall. They're outside of the playoff picture right now. If the playoffs were today, they're not going. This is a what happens when you back a dog into a corner? It's going to bite. It's like that's bite, coming. Yeah. 
They scrapping today. They're going to scrap this weekend. I mean, you got DK Metcalf, who's one of the classless people in the NFL, dirty damn players, soft as hell, giving flowers to Moody Ward, Jarvis Ward, and talking <laughs> about how much respect he has for him, and you know anybody that could do that to me, and like, whoa, that, that's not the dude that plays with a pacifier in his mouth. Yeah. Like I'm telling you, this is they are putting their stamp. This is our season. Right. And so they're going to come out with haymakers, spec fake punts, onside kicks, uh, all those things. It's coming. The kitchen sink game. That's what this is for the Seahawks. Is they lose four in a row, which has never happened since Pete Carroll's been a head coach in the NFL. I'm just saying. That's so like the narrative of how is this a close game? How do the 49ers lose? Because I always ask myself that question like, what could the Seahawks do to win this game? They got to go full Boise State, freaking 2006 Fiesta Bowl against OU. You remember that crap? I remember Statue that of Liberty, crap. Liberty, yeah. all that I, stuff. I, Kellen they, Moore. They, yeah, they coming out with tricks, tricks, and more tricks are for kids. I got you. They're gonna have to, like you said. Yeah. And and if you remember, uh, a couple of years ago, they they ran a fake something on special teams, and they and they got points. Like like the Niners have to be prepared. For the worst case scenario, because that can happen. Pete Carroll is known for that, and he's going to do whatever it takes to get out to get a win. Whether they make the playoffs or not, that doesn't matter. They don't want to lose their dignity and lose four straight and lose five straight to the San Francisco 49ers and lose four straight in this season and be all the way out of the playoffs. Now, let's talk about some of the things that's been going down, uh, you know, with the team as far as, like, what's going down. You know, we we signed uh, Logan Ryan, the safety. Uh, I thought it was a really cool gesture what he did when he yeah. signed him. They waived Ty Davis-Price. Ty Davis-Price is back. He ha- did uh, sign back to the 49ers practice squad. They released wide receiver Isaiah Winstead. Um, but, John, let's talk about uh, Ty Davis-Price coming back. And let's talk a little bit about Logan Ryan. And you heard um, our coach, defensive coordinator, talk about, you know, what he expects him to bring to the team. Let's get your thoughts on TDP. And then let's get let's go ahead and get down to, uh, uh, you know, Logan Ryan. Well, my favorite thing about the TDP thing was – the 49ers are really smart with the waiver wire, and you saw guys like James Robinson, a couple other veteran running backs get released the day of, and then they made that move. And so it was sneaky. It was sneaky in the fact that, man, this guy's probably not going to get claimed. There's not a lot of positive tape out there. There's not a lot of negative tape out there either, and he doesn't play special teams. So it was pretty difficult to see somebody taking a flyer on him. It was smart. It was a gambled choice, and it paid off. Because you lost nothing. Isaiah Winstead, guess what? Another guy who got passed on wasn't even an undrafted free agent. Like, he passed that. <laughs> and right. he brought him in last. And he was great in camp. And I think he will return to this team. But he's a huge project play, you know, whatever else. So D- TDP gets to stay. Elijah Mitchell gets hurt. You, you even also, on top of TDP, you still got Jerry McNichols. And you remember yeah. the preseason game. That dude looked fire. He's been with the team twice before. So... Not worried about running back depth in the least. Um, I'm glad that we got TDP back. Now talking about Logan Ryan, veteran. And, you know, the rookie, Jair Brown, I thought it was his worst game so far. He's only played in three. A lot of blown coverages that Jalen Hurts couldn't exploit because he wasn't looking downfield. And I'm glad that he had those learning moments, Jair Brown, and it didn't cost him. So, right, like you, you blow out the team, but you still got some stuff to learn. And I'm curious to see how that's going to go because his best game so far was against Seattle. And here's another thing for the rookie. He's already game planned against this team Mm -hmm. two weeks ago. So like he started three games. He's played this game twice. You know what I mean? And so he's got a little bit more understanding and vet understanding with Logan Ryan back there. And if I'm Steve Wilkes, I'm saying you follow y'all eat together. You go to the bathroom together. You just follow 27 around and you tell him how to tie his shoes and it's just constant veteran presence. You're going to think the way I do mind meld. Uh, we're going to stranger things here. Uh, I got you. Any chance he sees snaps this week uh, being rushed in and, and things like that? Or is this straight a mentoring move, at least for this week and, and to prepare himself to be ready just in case a man goes down? Probably not outside of injury or blowout, but even if the blowout, I would prefer maybe get Gip out, then put Logan Ryan in. Um, so it, probably not. Yeah, Gibson's going to be out there. And it's funny because you look at the snaps 
our safeties play the most snaps of anybody, uh, anybody. the safeties and uh, Fred Warner. Like mm-hmm. that's just what it is. So I doubt we see him. It's just an extra parachute safety net veteran presence. I don't think he's going to be on special teams either. We got a lot of young pups for that. Mm-hmm. He's just there break glass in case of emergency. Now the cool thing, the gesture that he did when he when he signed with the Niners, he you know, and they waived uh, TDP. He took the number thirty two, uh, took his locker as well. Once the Niners got TDP back to the practice squad, he gave TDP back his number, switched his number to thirty three, and gave him back his locker and took one of those reserved locker spaces somewhere down the line in the locker room. I can't think of a more stand up guy. You know that. That's a veteran. That's a leader move. That's a, that's kind of dope. That's it's the way I think about it. I mean, this is a well-traveled NFL journeyman that has played in a lot of places. With two Super Bowl rings. With two Super Bowl rings. So he's been around the block. And so one of those things, that's just a way to show everybody else, team first. You know, I'm here to be a part of y'all, and that's what this is. So, like, if you're a defensive player in that locker room, you're like, all right. And if you're an offensive player, you helped out one of ours. TDP was ours. We lost him. He came back. You did him a solid. All right. That's and solid. so uh, that's what's you're part of the family now. You're part of the culture. Yeah. And that's a great way to be welcomed in. We got Eddie G and the B-Dogs in the building. He says, what's up, my brothers? More roasted fowl on the way. More birds to eat this weekend, John. Time Damn. to put Seattle Ospreys out. Their misery. Love y'all. BBCC standing in on business that's what the 49ers have been doing for the past several weeks past four weeks during a four game win streak eddie g we appreciate the super chat contribution and miss debbie with the super chat contribution the kitchen sink game tricks tricks and more tricks Our 49ers and Kyle must have their second sight on high for this game for sure. The ability to perceive future or distant events. She is 100% correct because like you said, John, this is the kitchen sink game. And like I said, I expect tricks. I just expect things, expect the unexpected. Yeah, right? 100%, man. It's going to be weird. And special teams going to play a factor. Last time we stole a turnover, uh, which was awesome. And so... You got to go get another one. Yeah, yeah. Or just be even on special teams, right? Right. That's the weakness. Just be right. even. And, and just be even, like, on special teams. Speaking of special teams, um, we have some injuries that we're going to deal with. And and we're talking about some players possibly being out. Spencer Burford might miss another game. Doesn't look like he practiced much this week. Uh, Eric Armstead, it looks like, is a no-go. Uh, Darrell Luter Jr. is a no-go. Ray Ray McLeod didn't practice. Well, he was practice. Him and Elijah Mitchell were practicing outside of practice, somewhat on the side. On the side, per some of the reports, and then of course Trent Williams gets the good old vet days. But let's talk about these guys. Eric Armstead, man. All right, so I put out a poll. So who's starting over Eric Armstead? Because, well, who's starting over Eric Armstead? And here are the four choices three choices, and then you might have somebody else because you might have a different scenario, which is why I asked people to specify that fourth one. All right, you got Kevin Givens, okay? You got Javon Kinlaw, and you got Kalia Davis, who got his first career sack last week. Now, is there another scenario where John Chapman might see something totally different on the defensive front if Eric Armstead isn't able to go out there? No, I. for me, it's Kinlaw. Um, that just makes the most sense. Like, if you look at the snap share on the season, it, whenever they go five DTs, which we haven't done in a couple weeks, I wouldn't be shocked if we get some of that this week. Ken Law's the fifth guy in there. Um, you look at snap rates. Eric Arp said 509 snaps, two behind Hargrave. Hargrave passed him this week, right? Uh, so Hargrave, 511. Armstead, 509. You jump down to Ken Law, 284. Big drop. Big drop. But Kevin Givens, 248. So he's, he's 40 snaps behind him. But I think it's going to be more of a rotation. And so what you do, it's not just we're putting Kinlaw in Armstead's spot. I don't think that's what you do. I think you give each player, you know, 12 extra snaps. Kinlaw goes from 22 to 34, right? Givens goes from 20 to 30. Then you've got, you know, the I, he's not a rookie, Kalia Davis, but just played his first NFL game last week. was awesome. Um, you give him, you know, instead of 18, you give him 20-plus. And so you rotate it that way. That's what I would do. I just wonder if there'll be, um, obviously there's going to be some type of a drop-off, but do we trust, do we trust Kinlaw 
Like, is Ken Law more of a situational defensive tackle, which it seems where he's excelling? He's been healthy all season long. You got to give him some some props for, for getting his body right and his mental right. But if you if you didn't overload him with snaps, but you're giving him extra snaps, and I'm, I'm just worried, if is he the guy that you'll give the extra snaps to, or would you go with, with a different player, you know, Kevin Givens maybe on pass rushing downs, Ken Law on run stuffing downs, and then cycle the Kalia Davis because that's where it's going to get a little tricky because now the rotation is one man shorter. So I'm a little curious about that. Yeah, and you could even do some fun like NASCAR stuff. That's okay, what here I we go. Do. Here's the other. So that this is this is why we have a show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because look, do you call up another defensive end? I don't or defensive tackle. I don't think you do. No. You usually go with nine, which has been five DTs um, and then four DEs. Well, now, now you could kind of be – you can call up a defensive end if you wanted to or Spencer Wagey, you know, as a guy who we had. Practice squad left, came back, been working on him. He could be a situational guy as well that could get promoted this week. That'd be really cool. The Superman out of North Dakota State. Yeah. Um, it, he had a pretty rough preseason, but pass rush specialist, I think he could do that. But, no, wh- why not in passing downs – just go all ins or just one DT. Keep Hargrave out there or keep Kinlaw out there and put Chase Young in the A gap. You know what I mean? Like I, I do know what you mean. Things you can do. I, trust me, this is this is exactly how my brain was thinking when I posed the question this morning on Twitter. Because I was like, man, we can go we can go NASCAR here. You can get you can up the snaps a little bit more with Chase Young. Get him more into the to the width of, of everything that's going down. Line him up on the inside, and and then bam, like you got three edge rushers on the field with your stout defensive tackle, depending on the situations, right? Because the Niners, first and foremost thing that they need to do is they need to take away the run. They have to take away the run. We were talking about specifically on pass downs, but we'll get into that because John has a game plan. Let's talk about Spencer Burford, John, because if he's out, it's John Feliciano time again. Yeah, and I'm not too concerned with that. Um, I don't think that the, I want them to rotate a little bit, but if Feliciano's got to go, that's great. Now the issue becomes backing up there. Now your your depth is shy. Your defense tackle, you're fine. You got lots of guys. I think the deepest position for the 49ers offense defense is defensive tackle. So the Armstead injury hurts a lot less. Feliciano to Burford, that's fine. I think that's a parallel move, not an issue. But after that, that's where it's like, okay, if Brindle or Banks goes down or Feliciano goes down, now we're in. All right, we, we've got a place of people that we haven't seen. Matt Pryor would probably be the guy that goes in next after that at the guard spot. Um, so, yeah, well, well, now we're getting in moving chairs, and mm-hmm. I, I don't like that as much. I really yeah. don't. But the good news is the defensive line for the Seattle Seahawks not great, but the best player that played against us, offense, defense for the Seahawks last week or two weeks ago, Leonard Williams. Yeah, He was their best player, and he's banged up now. He's dealing with an injury, yes. But he gave us the most problems offense, defense, special teams. He was their best player by far. Yeah, he did that when he was with the Giants, too. So it's yes, funny, he did. Right? His okay, two so best games were against two us. Two best so games were against us. Um, all right. I mean, he's just a different type of player. Let's talk about this next person. So with Ross Dwelly, now he wasn't designated to the IR, right? No, I don't believe so yet. Okay, so this is interesting. Usually Shanahan makes those moves the day before the game, so probably on Saturday whenever okay. you elevate a player or sign somebody. Usually, not always. Well, because the reason why I'm asking that question is because if they don't designate him to the IR, they're go- and that, remember, that's four weeks. That means that they're going to be one tight end less, which means we will only see two tight end sets with Warner. With uh, We didn't see much of Dwelly, but you're going gonna to get Warner. And it's kind of a little different out there, right? Or do they designate him to the IR and call up the rookie Braden Willis? Well, Braden Willis is on the active roster. Oh, he's just been a healthy scratch. Well, that's what I mean. So does he yeah. get the the opportunity? Yeah, he will to... not be scratched. Yeah, okay, he will be on special teams, just I like TDP could... was on the active roster and he was healthy scratch every single week. I got now you. the good news is, uh, Braden Willis is a great special teams player, so I fully expect him to take a lot of the snaps. Uh, that some of the like Daryl Luter now he's he's not playing the same he's not going to roll right, but he is a quality special teamer punt team he is awesome kickoff ret- return awesome kickoff team 
awesome. Like he is a physical athletic specimen that can play on multiple special teams units and he's a backup and he's been learning the system. Let's just be honest. He's mm-hmm. been learning the system. So, but he could be a weapon. He is, man. He's a much better receiving option than Dwelly and a much better receiving option than Warner. Than Warner. He had the most catches of all the tight ends not named Kittle in training camp and preseason. Like we talked he, about we, we talked about Kyle Shanahan being prepared or being one up or having something else a little different. And this could be a, a breakout game maybe for a rookie or two where they have a big catch um, or, or, or whatnot in this particular game. I do expect to see Braden Willis be active this week. Um, let's talk about the next person, Elijah Mitchell with a knee injury. Now, like, I mean, give me your percentage of him actually playing this week. I mean, he didn't practice this week. He did. He was, I don't want to say limited in practice yesterday, but he was there working on the sideline. Is there a possibility he'll be down? Because if that's the case, now you got to call up another running back and make them active. And will it be Jeremy uh, McNichols or would it be TDP? It'd be TDP. It would be him, I think. I'd say 40% Mitchell plays. We'll find out today if he practices. If he does not practice today, then he's again, out. Then he's out. out. Now, and a lot of it, too, is the context of the situation in the game, not so much the injury. I don't. We don't know anything about the injury. Kyle Shanahan's never going to share that stuff, right? So you look at this game. Is it that important for Elijah Mitchell to play this week? I get what you're saying. I don't think it is. This no. isn't a win or go home game anymore because you handled the Seahawks last time on the road because you handled the Eagles on the road. So you have, you got the benefit of the doubt, a little extra cushion. So look, man, you, we can push up. you rest up. We need you later. Right now, everybody else is healthy. You know, Jordan Mason was banged up last week. If Jordan Mason was still injured, then I'd jump 40 to 75% Mitchell plays, but I, I I don't know. I'd say no, but not knowing the injury always makes it hard. And Elijah Mitchell, let's just be honest, he gets hurt on the plane ride over. So, like, let, let's just let him rest up. Let I love Mitchell. I love Mitchell, but I, like, come on, it, it's yeah. getting it's getting ridiculous. It's just it's his knees, man. It, like, you're, you're, it's getting to the point to where like his knees aren't good anymore. Uh, and it all happened last year with that knee injury in Chicago. That's when it all started. You know what I mean? And so, like, I, I don't know. Like, if this is a knee injury, but they never told us what it was. They didn't disclose it. They didn't. It's just saying that he's not practicing with a knee injury. Let's talk about Ray Ray McLeod. Do you think he's going to miss his second straight game for the 49ers this week? Yeah, this one, I mean, it's a rib issue. Is it bad if I say I kind of want him to? Mm. Special teams is key for me this week. I'd prefer I like, Debo back there. I like Debo. I do too. Uh, that with, the, I mean, when we saw him at the game, we were just like, "What?" I was like, "Yeah." That me- kind of pulls, and I like Ray Ray. I want Ray Ray as a backup wide receiver, receiver, right, and punt returner. That's yes. what I want him doing. Yes, I, I kind of want Debo back there for kickoff returns, which is dangerous, but I don't care. Play with fire. Play with fire. <sighs> I don't know. Debo seems super duper healthy, and he was one break tackle away from a touchdown return on kickoff last week. So I think they go with Debo again. I, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. As long as Debo's willing to play it and he's good to go, I stick with it. Lay Ray Ray Hill up those ribs or whatnot. Remember, we're playing yeah. for a Super Bowl, and so these players need to be healthy down. Miyaki going. Yeah, down the freaking stretch. John, you ready to get to this game plan, bro? Because Let's do this, man. I'm, I'm looking about this. at this matchup and the 49ers. Are favored by eleven points. Eleven. That, it goes to eleven. Do you think it'll get <laughs> higher by Sunday? Well, and, you know, we talked injuries. Geno Smith got a groin issue. They just had to sign somebody, Sean Mannion. Sean uh, Mannion, yeah, from oh the the Beavers, Oregon State, bro. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's going to affect it because if he doesn't practice today, oh man. And, and here's what's crazy. All right, we're well, talking I want to talk about that though, but hold, I got a point about that. But go ahead. Okay, okay, okay. I want to. I, I pause. I will. Defer no, no, to no. It's name. not a pause I, I because really... I just yeah, listen. The last time the 49ers played a quarterback, they never, they didn't really know much of. Like it gave us problems. I go back to last year. I don't care about this year because PJ Walker didn't really do much. But when you go back to last year, it was Jared Stidham. It was on New Year's Eve, right? And it was a New Year's Day, whatever the day was. But it was tough. Like, he gave us problems. 
He ran the ball. He threw the ball. He was highly accurate. Got the ball out of his hand quick. I know nothing about Sean. May- uh, I'm about to call him Marion, but Mannion or whatever his name is. But I, I don't, I, I don't know him. I don't think the 49ers know him. And what if he comes out and he's a spark? Well, I don't think he'd be the quarterback. It'd okay. be Drew Locke. Oh, that's, that's even better then. That's what we want. I, I'm, I'm looking through his, you know, game uh, scripts. He's never played against us. Yeah, good. He's but never that's my point. I mean, he's that not could, good. That could be the Pete Carroll doing something dumb to 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 throw us off. Yeah, and so I mean, there that he would. So Mannion would be activated as the backup quarterback. It would be Drew Locke, who's not good. 25 touchdowns for his career, 21 interceptions, 8 and 13 quarterback Please record. Give us Drew Locke. Please give us Drew Locke. I would, yeah. I mean, he throws the ball. He's got a better arm than Geno. That's not saying much, but, but he stays in the pocket, though. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's not a good quarterback. Let's just be honest. You lose a competition to Geno, you're not good. Geno's not good. Let's just be honest. Like, Geno's not a good quarterback. He's I, not a top 20 quarterback in the NFL. Listen. Look, I like I like we said at the beginning of the show, be prepared. That's right. all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Be prepared. Let's get to this game plan, John. Uh, look, the Niners, man, <sighs> defensively, they're ranked fifth, and the Seahawks are ranked 23rd. Uh, defensively, the Niners sh- are the better defensive team. I, look, I like some of the pieces on Seattle's defense. Um, but I think the Niners can find ways to take advantage of some of their weaknesses. And John, what are some of the weaknesses on the Seattle Seahawks defense? Uh, man, we could go start to finish because even some of their studs aren't playing like studs anymore. Ooh. And so there was a point where Devin Witherspoon was like the lock for defensive, you know, yeah. uh, off or defensive rookie of the year and all until that he, stuff until they played us yeah. until they played us. And that yeah. dude got embarrassed back to back weeks. You look at what uh, the Dallas Cowboys did to him. It's terrible. So they went from Tyreek Woolen being, oh, one of the best young, whatever that dude got benched against us. He got benched, talk trash, got benched. And, and, and I mean, it's just not good. Their backup that replaced him, he's not even healthy. And so then you look at Jamal Adams comes in. He's attacking reporters' wives on social media. This dude had four missed tackles and gave up a touchdown against the Cowboys. He's coming off two of the worst games of his entire career against mm-hmm. the 49ers and Cowboys. So he's injured too. Always, I hope he plays because he sucks worse than Geno. And I, I just hate that dude. So I, my problem is this. We're trying to look for a strength on the Seahawks defense. It's, it starts with Leonard Williams and it ends with Leonard Williams. Outside of that, Bobby Wagner is good against the run in the red zone. He's not good against the run in between the 20s. He's terrible against the pass. Jordan Brooks covers more territory than their other backer. He's injured. I don't know. I don't know where the strength is. They're just holding this thing together. Barely. Yeah, a few bandages back there, but you know, actually, there's no butts. For me, it I, like Jordan Brooks. He was the worst defensive player for the Seattle Seahawks, even though he looked like he was the best defensive player. But what Kyle Shanahan did to him and to the rest of the linebackers and Jamal Adams, you got to put them in there. At the did you see the Eagles cut Ellis, their linebacker, after our game? They cut their starting linebacker wow. after the forty. <laughs> like, wow. Like that, Shady had ruined careers out here. Yo, man. what Kyle is doing to them is he's forcing their linebackers to play the pass. And Jordan Brooks was the worst linebacker on that team, maybe the worst defender in the pass. He had to cover Debo, bro. Like, I like he gave up 46 of Debo's 79 yards in the passing game. And like he gave up almost 70, what, 70 something plus yards in passing. Like, and Jamal Adams was number two. And so, like, I'm saying to myself, okay, we're going to run the ball, obviously, but Kyle's going to probably attack the linebackers just like he's been doing. He did that. At this point, I don't think he cares who your linebackers are because he has the best linebackers in the game. Yeah. Before, remember, and he doesn't have Jimmy Garoppolo throwing the ball. But think about it. He's taking strays. (laughs) He has to because because who was getting the interceptions? Linebackers. They would just drop back, and they looked like they were all pros. Right? Not anymore. Not I mean, anymore. He went after six six consecutive plays on the opening drive against Seattle when we were there for Thanksgiving. We're straight at Bobby Wagner. 
Uh, Bobby Wagner had one positive play, five negative plays on the opening drive. I know Bobby was pissed, bro. Yeah. I know Bobby was like, run the goddamn ball. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle was like, stop the goddamn pass. <laughs> hey, uh, you got to pick. You got to pick. And, you know, it's funny. I'm looking at, you know, the defensive ranks for the Seahawks. They right have here. one, one ranking on pro football reference in the top half, 16 or up out of 32 16. teams. Yeah. One out of 20 rankings. That's and bad. the only thing is, um, the only one that is, is fumbles. They have seven fumbles recovered. That's it. That's 12th best in the NFL. The only one in the top half. Good thing the Niners don't fumble. They do not. They do they not. Don't turn, we, we don't turn over the ball much. But look, Seattle, they're going to they're gonna come out with a defensive plan, though, John, to stop the Niners' rushing game, right? Well, so, okay, let's play that out. Let, let's say they stack the box and they kind of take a page out of the Rams' playbook when yes, we sir. were against Jimmy Garoppolo. You do a five, six-man front, and you keep a safety in the box, which Jamal Adams is a joke NFL player. He's basically just a linebacker now because uh, he can fill against the run. Like, he's actually very good at that. That's what he's have, good at. He had four missed tackles in the open field last game alone, but whatever. If you do that, you are now putting these boom-bust corners and Devin Witherspoon and Tyreek Woolen, who they're part of you know the, the Diggs, Trayvon Diggs school, the uh, Deron Bland school, where they are risky and they are not sound. And so you're going to put one of those guys one-on-one with Brandon Ayuk. Go ahead. Purdy doesn't care if you blitz him. So you're going to load the box, and you're going to leave Brandon Ayuk. It's what we talked about at the start of the show, Wayne. You pick who the 49ers are going to take advantage of. You want to load the box, you're going to see Brock Purdy do this. Can, 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 can. And then he's going to say, boom, play pass, Ayuk on an out route. Because if you're manning up Ayuk, Brock Purdy's favorite pass in the NFL is an out route versus man coverage to Brandon Ayuk. It's his it's favorite a, thing. He it's a beautiful throw, it. too. It's a beautiful he throw. crushes it. They are simpatico. Uh, so, like, go ahead. <laughs> Ayuk will have – he'll break 1,000 yards receiving this game back-to-back uh, -back years. I, I What, 73 yards he needs, right? I, all I was going to say is, is is this. I will give Witherspoon uh, a little props because he did break up a touchdown in that game. Because it yeah, was whenever a touchdown. he's backwards, yeah. it's just like <laughs> – He got the hand on it. But he, got it he got the hand on he, the ball. He did. And, and, and or Brandon Ayuk was walking in, you know. Um, but he that was his best play of the game. Um, and still, he's still the sneaky guy. Like that's the guy you still gotta you gotta watch. I don't care how bad he plays, he's the little sneaky guy. No, Jordan Brooks got the pick six, okay. But if you keep the, the pick six from that interception was tipped from a, a, a high throw to Christian McCaffrey that was over his head or behind him just a tad bit. Uh, if not, that wouldn't have been a pick six. And so, like, I'll give Jordan Brooks his props too, but he was still the worst guy in pass coverage the whole game. If you look it up, they 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 did their thing against him. So, the Niners come out and pass in a stack box. You're talking quick throws, screen. The screen game seems to be working now. Like, I'm I'm curious to know how you feel about these screens. Uh, is this a game where Debo? happens to go off again well again if, if you're talking about them loading the box to stop the run which i think they got to do because like okay i i want to preface i'm going to back up and then i want to answer this question that you just you know, about the screens the 49ers have rushed for over 100 yards every single game this season except one the seattle seahawks have rushed for over 100 yards once in the past five weeks five games it's completely different teams. And so whenever you set the stage between a team that can run the ball no matter what and a team that can't run the ball no matter what and both their running backs are injured, uh, I, I expect one to play, maybe both, but Kenneth Walker and Charbonnet both injured. Mm -hmm. That doesn't help them at all. So now let's go back and let's say the Seattle defense is going to stop the run. You're going to load the box. You're going to buzz your safeties. You're, you're, you're just – we're going to – they're not going to run the ball on us this time. Cool. Guess what? Jailbreak screen to Debo, which we saw last week against a much better defense than the Eagles, even though the Eagles aren't a good defense, but they're better than the Seahawks. You saw those things work. And so if you're bringing, you're loading that box, we're going to have man coverage. That's just quick, boom, hot route to Debo, get the ball to him in the open field. And so 
if they stop the run, now you have the screen game, which I think can work. I don't want a lot of CMC screens. I want Debo screens. Debo screens. I want Ayuk screens. I want Jennings screens. I want Kittle screens because they, all the focus is going to be on CMC after what he did to him. So, man, let them highlight CMC. Let them highlight the running game and try to contain that. We're just going. We're going to beat you horizontally, which is the key. Which is yeah. which is Kyle Shanahan's specialty, right? He's going to get those guys. What side is Leonard Williams lining up? Is it Trent side or McKivitt side? Uh, he rotates. Uh, but yeah, it seems like he likes Burford both times. Whenever he was with the Giants and the Seahawks, Burford was usually his main target. That and Brindle. Okay, so he'll be on that. He'll be in between those those guards. Usually, he rotates, but yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, let's go with the game plan from the San Francisco 49ers. Let's talk about their their offense. Um, uh, well, let's talk about their offense, how they're going to attack this defense. We talked about the bubble screens, if they stack the box. Let's say they don't stack the box. Let's say they don't. Let's say that they come out and they play, you know, relatively base-type style football, 3-4, whatever they run over there, and then they just come out and they don't stack the box. The Niners are able to run a nice little balanced game. Uh, what are we looking in here? We we seeing a lot of play action. We a lot of boots. What are we doing? What are we doing on the offense? Yeah, I, I mean, the thing against Bobby Wagner is you got to make a move horizontally, not vertically. Whenever he attacks, he's great. So you got to move him side to side. So yeah, you move the pocket, you run the ball. Last time you ran the ball thirty three times, I believe, against the Seattle Seahawks, and you just steady maintain drives. Now they've got four days extra rest because they played the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, so they're going to be a little fresher than the Eagles were for sure. Um, but that doesn't matter because them being fresh, they're still bad football players. It's still a bad football team. It's still a bad defense. So you do you run the ball, get your boots in there, all those things, and just sustain drives. Like the thing with Brock Purdy is he's had so many explosive plays and you want to maintain those. I want long sustained drives. Mm. Whenever you're talking about divisional games, just go to big 10 football. You know what I mean? You know, big 10, like yeah. I want a bruiser. Just slow, methodical, slow the game down. I, I like, I would be so happy with a 21 to 10 win. Like, that is ideal for me. And how do you do that? I want 12, 14 play drives. You get the explosives, great, but you're not dependent upon those this week. You just got to sustain drives because that's what the Seattle Seahawks cannot do when they have the ball. So you sustain, you control the clock, you move the chains, you force them to go do things they don't want to do. Make them gamble and make them pay when they do. But outside of that, we're going to do our thing, man. And whenever you stop us, cool. And you brought up the pick six from Brock Purdy. That was a learning moment and a blowout win. Mm -hmm. Shanahan and Purdy both said, yep, that's on me. I gave him a double check. I shouldn't have done that. I know better next time. So let's say the special teams for the Seahawks actually does put us in a bad position and we're backed up. You run the damn ball. There you it is. Run the damn ball. There it is. There it is. Let's talk about and flip the script. Let's talk about the defense. Let's talk about uh, Seattle Seahawks offense. What they try to, what they're going to try to do, and what the defense needs to do. Because you do have, if Geno Smith plays, he will break down and run the ball. Uh, he's not a guy that's going to just stand there take the hits uh, or what not. We've watched what they did uh, against a more explosive running uh, mobile quarterback and Jalen Hurts. And so, do you think that's going to be part of the game plan? Where sacks don't matter, keep that pocket contained. I'm just curious to know what would be your game plan against a Geno Smith style based run offense. Yeah, you got to stop the run. And the funny thing is, like I just talked about how they've had one 100 yard rushing game in the past five. They've been blown out three of the five games. Ravens blew them out. We blew them out. Cowboys, ah, Cowboys didn't blow them out. Uh, that was a back and forth game, but they gave up 41 points. Mm -hmm. right so what i would do is you stay with what you do and i want charvarius ward shadowing dk metcalf and i think that yeah but dk's going to get his at some point dk's going to get his i don't know if 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 Pete carroll is smart he's gonna try to get dk on a on a like to where he can move to kind of throw in some type of pick screen, pick play, legal pick to where what we saw AJ Brown do. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking too as you were talking. Like AJ Brown, but that's the thing. DK's not AJ Brown. He's, He's not soft. AJ Brown across the He's middle. Bigger. Yeah, 
But if he catches that pass, he might not get caught if we miss the tackle is what I'm saying. And and so I do expect a big play from DK at some point. Why? Because it's what our defense predicates. We say we're leaving number seven on an island against that big old behemoth of a dude that's faster than everybody. We're just going to leave him there. And so when you're doing when you're Gino or Pete Carroll or their offensive court, whatever, you're telling yourself, man, that's my play. It's just they went 0 for 6 <laughs> against us last time. They're going to go, let's say they go 1 for 6 or right. 2 for 6. Those plays are going to happen. They're good players as well. I mean, he's a Pro Bowl like worthy player, probably not this year, but like he's a good player. So the problem is this, they didn't score one offensive touchdown against us last time. Not nope. one. They not got one. So you don't change your game plan. You know what you do. You have to force them to adjust, you have to force them to overcome and come up with something new because if it ain't broke, don't, don't fix, fix it. it. Wayne says that all the time. It ain't broke. We have not, we beat Geno Smith four consecutive times with two with three different quarterbacks. Trey Lance is even involved in this stat. What's up, Trey? Um, but come on, Brock Purdy's already beaten this team three consecutive times. Let's just let it go out there, do the same damn thing. Don't let them run the ball. Force Geno to try to beat you, and he's not a good quarterback. Geno cannot beat this type of defense. It is made to stop him, and they are playing into everything that Steve Wilkes wants because we're going to force no explosives, and then we're going to have everything. We're just going to rally and tackle, and they're soft as hell, man. It's a soft team. I'm just trying to think of, like, I still feel, okay, the tight end position still bothers me with the San Francisco 49ers. I Going like against tight ends? Yeah, like I feel like they struggle for some reason. And this can't be a Will Disley or a Noah Fant type of game. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna freaking have that. I will lose my marbles and everything else inside of my head. Now you're talking about these safeties and these linebackers yeah. of ours who are good, but it's something about tight ends. They're like it's something about tight ends. Um I noticed the difference in the way that they were using Jair Brown in week 12 and week 13, two different ways. I saw yep. Jair Brown more in the box in week 13 and more up top in week 12. Why? I think the mo- mobile quarterback was a big reason why. He's much more aggressive. You know, Tasha, Gip, Gip he, he's, he's your shell guy. I'm always over top. I'm just going to, like, I'm here just in case. Jair Brown's his name's Tig, right? Tigger. Like, he, he jumps in there, around. man. Yeah, and like he's going to come hit. So I expect this to revert back a little bit. Thank you. And, you know, one of Steve Wilkes staples that he has changed the most from D'Amico and Sala is that he wants the safeties on the tight ends, not the linebackers. He want, And so I expect Tayshawn Gibson against their tight ends. I didn't think Gibson had a great game last week either. He was either red hot or ice cold, but there were a lot more ice cold snaps out there. So. If you're worried about the tight ends, that's Gibson's job 101, I think, this week. Um, I think he's going to be following Noah Fant whenever he's out there all the time. Now, whenever, you know, Disley or whatever comes in, I don't mind Jair Brown. But whenever you're receiving options in there, I think Gibson's going to be on his side. Now, they can manipulate that with their jet sweeps and cross motions. But if I'm Wilkes, you stick to that game plan. Like you said, you watch the film, you know what the hell you're talking about, Wayne. The safety play was different two weeks ago versus last week. And I hope it goes back because Jair Brown did not look good whenever he was responsible for the quarterback. Oh, crap, it's a pass. He's not scrambling. It, I got to get back. I got to get back. There it was. That wasn't his thing yet. Maybe it will be. It's not there yet. He, it hadn't developed yet. Okay, and I'm glad you answered that question. And and then uh, I had another question about um, the safeties. Oh, my gosh, what was it? Anyway, I just feel like they got to find a way to eliminate the big explosive plays from the tight ends. And there's another guy that I have checked off on my box. And so how do you deal with the slot guy and Jackson Smith and Jigba, who had the only explosive play for the Seattle Seahawks in week 12? Slot fade, man. And that's... That's the kryptonite to this this defensive scheme. Always will be. It has been for three defensive coordinators and five different nickelbacks. Now, the only positive play of pretty much the whole game last time was that fingertip catch slot fade from Jackson Smith and Jigba. That's what, like, you have to force Geno Smith to do that. Right. You want to beat us? You got to make one-handed, right. like, amazing catches. With That's pressure you in your him. face. With the with, pressure with the pressure in his face. And yeah. he's my biggest concern 
He's he's really turning into something. What Mine everybody too, thought he was. Me too. He's damn good, man. He's hey, really he, good. He's them been tormenting o- you for longer than me. Them freaking Ohio State receivers. <laughs> Listen, I hate them when they when they get to the pros, man. I'm so infatuated with them because yeah. they they're good. They they breed receivers. Like they just have receiver babies and pop them out every single year. Like. And then they come into the pros and they do their thing once they get their feet settled in. Uh, but I, I agree. I think the game plan you have for the Niners on defense is, is is spot on. Like, they just have to come out. I still think they need to play aggressive uh, and they need to be disciplined uh, as far as, like, containing lanes. I don't want to see Geno Smith, who had two to three uh, first down runs last time in the game because Randy Gregory didn't contain or such and such. You know, he missed. He had two bad ones, right? And so... I'm just, I just, the Niners can really, I know you want the close game. This game doesn't have to be close. This game can be a statement saying we own the NFC West. You will never own it ever again. I want it to be that game. Dude, I'm still butthurt from all the years that we've taken whippings and lost close. I'm just tired. At this point, I would love for the Niners to go out there and just win. Yeah. But they can win if they dictate exactly what they want Seattle to do. If they do that, they'll be they'll, they'll win this game. We got uh, Colin, who's been a member of the Breezy Bunch crew for long. seven <laughs> months long. Seven months long. Oh, my gosh. I got to say the Ohio State. That's dumb. Like, why does it got to be the Ohio State? It's not. Why? Why can't it just be Ohio State? Who is the Ohio State? I don't know. I think this is a conversation for teams in the playoffs. And so Ohio State doesn't really apply. So the Ohio State is out of the playoffs. The Longhorns are. And the University of Michigan is for Wayne. What's up? I'll flex on you right now, baby. I don't even like Michigan, but I like Wayne. I don't like Ohio State. I'm just hoping that the championship, (laughs) if the championship game is Michigan and Texas, all the plans are canceled. Houston, Uh, baby. Yeah, man, we we are canceled out, and John and I will be there, uh, best friends for life until kickoff. That's like that's right. how we doing it. All right. I know. I told my kid, like, sorry, man, college is gonna be done. If Texas makes this national championship game, you're gonna have to find another way, buddy. Oh man, what a great game plan from John Chapman, man. Guys, give John Chapman a round of applause out there. He comes in. He puts it together like a coach. He told us that special teams need to just be find a way to be even keeled, right? They don't got to do anything spectacular. Just don't F up. No more muff punts from Ronnie Bell. Like, just don't mess up. Mitch, keep kicking it where you kick it. Like, you know what I'm saying? And Moody, when you get the opportunity, make sure it goes straight down the middle. Don't give the fans anything. Don't go to the left. Don't go to the right. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna confuse the fans. All right. Is it confuse- weird that whenever the Robbie Gold news came out, which props to Robbie Gold, I was like, not that I ever thought he would come back here. I I, I didn't think that was no. Nah, it was it wasn't gonna happen. I mean that they left on bad terms, but like I just feel like it just adds extra that didn't need to be added this week. Is that Robbie weird? Gold knew exactly what the freak he was doing. Yeah, I'm happy for him, and he uh-huh. had a hell of a career. And I'm happy for him too. But if Moody happens to slide one to the right, I'm gonna have some words for Robbie Go. I really will. I'm, I already know my emails because that's a uh, move. That was a yeah. that was a move. That was. But I'm glad the years he gave to San Francisco. John, give me one key matchup in this game other than Mooney Ward. Okay. Other than the CEO um, of Seattle, the Hawk Slayer. He's gonna be the most pissed off he's ever been in his life. Drake Greenlaw. I'm telling you right now, man. You know what was crazy? He's going through the film. As soon as Drake Greenlaw got ejected, the next play was a quarterback keep. It was, like, and it was a tackle for a loss for two yards by Nick yeah, Bosa. Yeah, and so like, but Drake Greenlaw's like, dude, all I wanted to do is kill Jalen Hurts, and I get ejected, and he runs the ball like three out of the next five plays, and then he got knocked out by Ord Burks. So you know, team, you know, committed, but like, I do not want to be a player. Gino's hurt. Both their running backs are hurt, and they're looking at five seven, and they're just like, "This gonna is be not going mission. to go well." Yeah, I mean, get you better buckle up, chin strap, whatever you got to do, turn your sound broadcast up because you're going to be hearing big hits <clears throat> this week, man. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he has a Patrick Willis type of a game. 
Oh my gosh, dude. He he was the best player on the field until he got ejected. Until he got yo, he had the most tackles until he got ejected. I think he still led he still, with the most tackles. <laughs> I mean, people don't understand. In my biggest like Pro Bowl voting, it's like a whole thing. That dude being, I think he's the ninth. Is he ninth right now? Yeah, he's ninth linebacker. That's sorry, that's bullshit. That is it, absolutely it is. It is. It is. And it's because he's in the shadow of Fred Warner. It's an, uh, but Fred knows, like, like the team knows, but the league will never know. But what's funny is they are still the best two linebackers in the NFL. Give me better linebackers than those two. You can't. You can't. I'm not being a homer. I can't even name any. But maybe the kid from from Tampa is he still good? Devin White? No, no? he's good. But Patrick no. Queen maybe. Uh, actually, his teammate. I'd put his teammate ahead of Patrick. See what Queen. I'm saying? Like that? Like I still no? I don't know. Uh, they they just they they hating on them. I like that. So Greenlaw versus everybody. I'm with it, baby. I'm with it. Score prediction, John. And we could dip up. You can close it out after this. I'm going, man. Twenty four thirteen. Eleven point win. That's what the book says. I want it to be kind of a boring game. I want this to be like punts are not a bad thing. Punts aren't bad. Just you do you. Don't let them get out of hand or anything like that. And just watch the crazy kitchen sink stuff. Be smart. You're the better team. You're the better coaching staff. Just this is just stay the ride, man. Something crazy's going to happen. Something crazy going to happen. Did you think something crazy was going to happen the first matchup too? Yeah. And then whenever the they fumbled that punt return, right? They had the pick six, and it was like, Ugh. um. But no, nah, man. It, that's the cool thing about this 49ers team. The reason why you have all these blowout wins is because when they just do what they do, mm. nobody can play with us. Mm. The only time that we get stopped is when we stop ourselves. I'm not trying Bingo. to discredit the other teams. Just be you and be smart and don't give away. Don't give away free stuff. Bingo. Unless you're John Chapman. All right. Don't give away free stuff. All right. Now check this out. We got one question. It's about Elijah Mitchell. I want to get your take on the reason why from Niner Faithful. Um, did Mitchell's injury make them re-sign TDP to the practice squad? Um, I think that they wanted him back. I, I said before the injury, I said that they're going to try to get him back if he clears waivers, and they Absolutely. did. Yep. But it makes sense for him. It makes sense for his family, and it makes sense for the 49ers. I think it's a way – like he's got a kid. He's got a family. You don't want to up and move. You know, he gets to stay where he is. Like this is a win-win. So I think they would have brought him back, but the the injury made it a guarantee. And for him, you have to choose to come back. I don't know if he got other offers or whatever else, but like you got to try to come back. He could have said no. He knew what he knew was brewing over here. They probably hit him up and it was like, listen, man, we're going to release you. And then we're going, if you clear the waivers, we'll bring you right back. We want you back. You know what I'm saying? But we we have to do, we have this business, nothing personal. Yeah. And he was like, oh, for a ring, I'll be back. And right. he gets paid a little extra gravy on top. He so. is getting a little bit more money to be on the practice squad. So it's like they did, he did them a solid and they're taking care of him. Yes. And they Ooh. always do. They always, mm. like, it's a classy organization, man. The 49ers way. Edward Austin says, do 49ers start resting players early for playoffs? Shanahan's big on no on that. He's a he's said repeatedly throughout the years, like, no. Um, yeah. And you can't now, right, John, because you want that number one seed. There's no rest. No. Now, he might, there might be a couple of injuries here, there, a couple of little nicks and nucks. And you kinda, yeah, yeah. And then you kind of you kind of put those players on a little bit of ice because you trust the depth and everybody else. But nah, not until they lock it up, baby, which I don't think they will lock it up to the last game of the season. Like I, that's the way it's going. That's the way that's the way it's going. John, before we get out of here, everybody go to www.residency.com. Use the promo code SF Breezy. We're rocking the caps right now. They got a crazy sale going on. Take advantage of the sale. Also, take advantage of the promo code. All right. Support your boys. John, you ready to take us home? Dude, this has been so fun. And, you know, we went back to the start of the season and we said, man, look at this three-game gauntlet. Seattle, right? Philly, Seattle, three games uh, in a row. That's going to determine everything. We're 2-0. and oh. Not even close games. 
Now you're on the home stretch. You win this game, the division is yours. Guaranteed home playoff game. Not that it's officially locked up, but it's a matter of semantics, right? Like, you win this game, you get it. So enjoy this because we are right where we need to be. I know people are upset about the three-game skid and you wish you were already in the one seat and all that stuff. I get that. Everything's going to handle itself as long as you take care of your business. This game is huge. Most important game left on the schedule. Go handle it. You're the better team. Everybody knows it, including them. I'm pumped about this. Wayne, you're the best. Thank you for having me on your show. And until next time, everybody, love y'all. And as always, stay strong, faithful. I be sipping gold bar, whiskey on the rocks. And a 24 karat gold on a watch. My 71 Chevy B tipping nonstop. Sounding like Trent Williams on the block. So you know we can't stop. We be banging through your speakers. Wayne Breezy on the filter in the bleachers. You can tune it to my show and I'm a teacher. Wayne Breezy, the phone I'm